Hello, all. This is Aaron Wogelanter, and I'm here with my co-host, Rabbi Wogelanter, a.k.a. The Father. And this is Around the Shabbos Table, a podcast my father and I have created to bring you our thoughtful conversation and healthy arguments, so you can enjoy them now and bring them up at your Shabbos tables later. Don't be fooled by the name. Shabbos was not desecrated in any way, shape, or form in the production of the show. This podcast is part of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network, a growing network of the greatest Jewish podcast content trying to make Judaism more intentional. For those of you new here, go check it out at intentionaljew.com. And now, let's get around the Shabbos table. Okay, we have a really great episode today. We get to sit down with my mother, the mother, Rubitzin Wogi herself, and we talk about uh, a few a few concepts. One of them is that the greatest lessons sometimes are learned not through formal uh, education and formal teaching. We talk about creating memories. We talk about also grandparenting and how to navigate uh, advice for parents on how to navigate this uh, relationship and this partnership of raising the next generation. So I hope you enjoy. Yo, yo, welcome everybody to the show. And welcome today. We have a very special guest. And that is my mother, the Rebbitzin, Rebbitzin Wogi. I know that grinds you, and that's why I call you that. Um, I think this is like the first time you're ever being recorded in your whole life, right? Yeah. Everybody's familiar with you. Everybody knows you. How do you need no intro? Okay, good. Can we keep just going? Yeah, but I do. I want to talk about that for a minute. I want to talk about the fact that you hate being recorded, and you hate going live, and you hate being in the front of a room. Okay, you want to talk about that? Yeah, I want you to tell me why you hate that. It's a good question. No, thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm known for, my good questions. I'm a podcaster, after all. Um, I just don't want what I say to be held against me anytime. <laughs> so if I'm quiet, then you can assume that I'm really smart and wise and insightful. But once I start opening my mouth... Okay, but I think there's I think there's a beautiful thing to that. I think that my uncle Uncle Lewis once said that that you know we usually have the 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 teacher in the front or the guide by the side. I forgot the whole quip, but it was um, it's so important this this role of a a mentor and a person who never really is in the front, never really is in the in the forefront, in the limelight. And I think that there's um, a lot of good that could be done by those people. Although I think that there's you know, important for the position and for the person to take the position, the role and the name and the title. Um, it's important, but I do think that some of the greatest um, impact you can have on people is when you don't have a position. So it's never, it's never been a time when mommy, when mommy hasn't spoken that hasn't been impactful and, and it hasn't touched anybody who was listening to it, whether it's in a small class or whether mommy gives a speech at something. It's always, it's always like amazing. There are two reasons for that. One is because what comes out is so thought out and so beautiful that it's that it really touches people tremendously. The other reason is is that it, I really give two more reasons. One is that it's very respected. You respect the, the word, and that's you know you don't you don't speak all the time. You don't just you don't just speak off the cuff. You don't just say things. So that when you when you do say something in public, and you do say something to people. So then. It really does have a, have an impact because it's something, it's something that's precious, sort of been kept on, on the reps, and it's also not something that people 
that, that people take for granted. They know that it's, it might not be coming again for who knows how long. And therefore, they, they listen, they pay attention, they process. And it, it's, it's, you know, listen, you know, a Rav has to speak all the time. But, but it wouldn't be a bad idea. You know, in the old days, a Rav only spoke twice a year. Twice a year. And, it was, and people hung on to the words because it only came twice a year. Shabbat Shuvah, Shabbat Agadol. So, you know, the Rav speaks all the time. You're sort of like, yeah, I'll get him the next time. It's not really a big deal. But when you speak, again, besides the fact that what you say is like so stunning and so, so thought out, but it's also not taken for granted because it's not, it's not abused and overused. That's nice. That's really sweet. Thanks. <laughs> but it's, I mean, you, you yourself have experienced this, Mommy, because you have, um, you've been in the front of a room. You've been a formal teacher, both in younger grades and, and younger children and both older children. You see the impact that you have. Uh, let's put it into a question of where do you think you've had the greatest impact as an educator? Is it on your formal roles or is it in your non-formal roles? Okay, good question again. But I think that when I taught, I loved teaching like fourth grade and under because they think you're still God then. <laughs> and, and, and they're not rolling their eyes at you. They're kind of like looking and saying, oh, Morawogi said this and Morawogi said this. And, and they even imitate how you speak. And it's, it's really, it's very confidence building. Okay. And, um, so then you take it really to heart what you're going to say. Um, I remember being really nervous about getting enough sleep because I wanted to make sure that I always answered the kids the right way. And I knew how important a teacher's role is, but what I didn't know was how important a dishwasher's role is because like on Shabbos, when everybody came in to help and years later they would say, Oh, you changed my life. I'm like, what did I say? And they were like, yeah, when, when we were like cleaning off the table, you said, blank, a blank, a blank. I'm like, I did. I said, that was smart, but I don't, don't even remember what I said, but it was, um, it was crazy, like crazy when somebody's mind and heart is open, what they can hear and what they can take. So I think it's more on the people that are helping me clean off the table than what I say. You know, I'll just say something, oh, like something sweet about children. And they're like, oh, like I brought up my children with that thought in my mind. I'm like, oh, wow. Like my kids just did something cute and I said something, you know, like, but so I think it's also about the people and that they're ready to hear it more than what I say. And it also speaks to the importance of finding someone. Like for our listeners, the, the lesson here is, is not just how great my mother is, because I obviously believe that, and so does my father, and we don't want it to get to her head, I promise you. <laughs> but I do think the importance of finding someone that you can hang out with, be it our podcast and listen to the conversations, and or be it someone someone you feel is great to find them and hang out with them, because you never know, as my mother said, that you'd be... Um, washing dishes with them and doing something mundane. Like I'm one of my most impactful memories of my Rebbe is when we walked for 45 minutes to a bris and it was his exercise and we just walked. And I would say half of it was spent in silence, but the rest is how we cross the street and how he, 
how he dealt with people who were going too fast and how he dealt with that anything you learn so much and it's an impact so much and that's what he says that uh that's what we the chazal say that gadol uh, shimusho that being mishamish torah and being able to be around it and really um watch it and watch the gadol the person that you deem is is a gadol then that's really the most important thing so i think that's what we're speaking to here is that's why that's a very impactful way it's funny as an educator to think about that but if you do then you don't just stand in front of a classroom when you're an educator. You try to um, also have that relationship with your with your Talmudim, with your students, that you can also impact them in that way and wash dishes with them. You know, sometimes the, we think that if you're going to say something to a student, you're going to say something to um, to a person who's growing in their Yiddishkeit, that you have to really think it out, and, and you really have, you have to, to prove to them Sinai, and you know, you really you really have to to, to make sure you say the right thing. And the truth is, your God always was, was saying just what comes to your heart and from your heart. And that doesn't have to be, that doesn't have to be so packaged. It needs to be filtered sometimes, but, but it doesn't need to be... It, doesn't it depends what time of the day. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, but it doesn't need to be packaged. The, the packaged stuff is good and it has an impact. But the unpackaged stuff that's coming from, the, that's coming from deep inside... And it's just you know a sensitive response to somebody. It's even just a you know just a, a, a well placed oh you know a, a reaction to something that can have a tremendous impact on people. And that's you know the, you never needed to be in the role of being a, a, a teacher. You know, not besides the classroom, but I'm saying like a, a teacher of adults. You had you, you had so much to give on these kinds of interactions. You know the one on one interactions. And uh, and if people just just hanging out with you, cooking with you, hanging with you, that that, that was that that kind of impact was, you know, was something that was something enormous. Well, it's just come have fun with me, come live my life with me. It's more fun. Right. right, right. Which is another which is another thing that I could speak to as well. That 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 statement of just come and have fun with me is that you genuinely. Um, again, what we're talking about, we're not. It's not a eulogy for you, although it sounds like it. It's more. It's more just understanding why, you're, yeah, this is an introduction, but also understanding why you were um, so successful as as a community leader and as a uh, yeah as a community leader. And I would say that the reason why you were successful as a community leader is a because you you took this role seriously of being able to impact people through these and have these you know, go to coffee with people. There's so many people who say that we got to have coffee with you. They didn't hear Shiram from you. They got to have coffee. But also that it's come and have fun with me. Is I value you. You can be my friend. And it's not that the leader says, I'm leading you. You are my sheep. But rather, I'm leading you because you are my friend and we are together and we're doing this together and we're going to accomplish together. I think it also speaks to your success as a community leader. Which is a perfect segue into what we wanted to talk about um, grandparenting and and really parenting, that it was it was so much about experiencing life with your children. There was there was a lot of parenting going on and a lot of you know a lot of instruction and a lot of you know do this don't do this. But it was really experiencing life with your children, and that's and that's really you know that that opens up for you, Aaron, the you know the, this whole this whole discussion about grandparenting. It's it's really about experiencing with your grandchildren. And it's not not so much about instruction; it's about experiencing. And I think, Mom, you should talk about that. You know, address that of uh, of, of this quality of being able to say to people, "Come experience with me." Now, you're not doing it to your grandchildren as friends, but 
you're experiencing life with them and, and letting them see life through your eyes and you're seeing it through their eyes. And, and what do you think that means as far as, you know, what, what kind of impact do you think that has? And think of all of your grandchildren. What kind of impact do you think that has on, um, on grandchildren when you approach them that way? Okay, let's take a break for a second. We'll get right back to this. Last year at the beginning of the pandemic and the lockdown here in Israel, Pesach totally caught us off guard. We didn't know how we were going to do shopping because of the lockdown. And worse, there was a serious egg shortage in the country. So this year, in order not to spend those precious pre-chag hours online at the supermarket waiting for 12 eggs, we're going to buy early. Like now. I'm already stuffing my kids' pockets with eggs every time we go to the supermarket. This allows me to spend more time before Yantif, focusing on the essence of the holiday. The point is that Pesach is coming, and we have to take care of food prep so we can spend time preparing and focusing on the important parts of Yantif. Pesach Gourmet makes this possible. This year, they're offering incredible catering services for fresh delivery in Orlando and special FedEx deliveries to anywhere in the U.S. So if you want to enjoy time with your family, and not compromise on the quality of food, then go check out PesachGourmet.com. I'll put the link in the show notes for an easy and awesome way to order food for Pesach. And for listeners of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network, Pesach Gourmet is offering $200 off your order when you use promo code IJPN200 at checkout. So again, prepare for Pesach. Order now at PesachGourmet.com and use promo code IJPN200. That's all capitals, IJPN200 for $200 off your order. Now back to the show. Is that a question? It's a question. Oh, it's a question? <laughs> okay. What question is that? I think that that's more of a statement, that that's what you want to do. You want to experience life through, show them through your eyes and learn about life through their eyes because each one is so individual. Um, that's why I think all of our children, like they are all weirded out when I talk to another one of their siblings when they're in the room. It's like, why are you talking to them? You're my mom. Like they all think that they are only children. I'm like, no, not really. Because they're so individual. And I think that grandchildren are too. I remember somebody saying, wow, you have so many grandchildren you know their names? I'm like, you know their names? Like, what kind of question is that? Like, I know their favorite colors. I know what they like to eat. I know what they like to do with me and what they like to do in their spare time. Like, what do you mean do I know their names? Like, that, that that's just so weird. Like, that's so not important. Like, it, the person is more important. So, um, the thing about grandchildren and children is that grandchildren don't roll their eyes. So you can say something. And I remember the first time I said something that was really important to me and they listened and they just loved it. And they asked questions about it. And I said, that is the nakuda of the difference of a parent and a grandparent, a grandparent. It's like, a law, like what you say, not because you're saying something right or wrong, but whatever you said is precious to them. Mm. And it comes with a certain authority. Right. And it's like, wow, they're not like 
rolling their eyes. They're not giggling. They think it's really important, you know? And I think that that, you cannot underestimate that power of, of showing your grandchildren what life means to you because they're really taking it seriously. So I love that. I love it. Why do you think they take it more seriously than their parents? Because there's no discipline included. It's just total love and total, total acceptance, total love. Um, I know that boundaries is a really important thing when you're parents, but it does put a damper on it. <laughs> it does put a damper on the fun, you know? But, and this is just, just gorgeousness. I remember walking and um, walking with my grandkids, with um, Yona's two boys, and we went walking every morning. They wouldn't miss walk in the summer when they, when they stayed with me and stayed with us, but you were in shul, okay? So they stayed with me, and Yona went to shul, and I would go on my walk with them, and they would not miss it no matter how long the walk was. They would not miss it. And I remember s sitting when we decided to come to Israel, and I told them, this is special because we're making memories, and we'll never, nobody can ever take these, these away from us, these talks and these walks. But I said, when you come to visit me in Israel, and I know it will happen, we have to have hope that when you, you come to visit me in Israel, we're going to be walking on history and we'll be able to learn like about Avraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov and the, we live in Modi and the Maccabees. We'll, we're going to be able to walk on history and that will be really special. And they were like, with their mouths open, listening. I just loved it. I loved it. I don't know if a, a kid would do that. A grandkid would. Right. And, and what do you, do you, do you end up, this is an interesting question. Well, I sort of want to break this up the, like for a second here. I want to just open the reason why we're talking about this and why we're talking about grandchildren is because uh, a, you guys are getting old. And you have old grandchildren and older grandchildren having just experienced more additions to the family and also milestones like like Moshe's bar mitzvah, which is a milestone not just because of the bar mitzvah, but it's a milestone now that um, our family is growing up and we're all growing up. So I think that it's it's an important time to discuss this, but I also think that the benefit helps um, each generation, whereas it helps it helps people who are grandparents understand what a responsibility and beautiful opportunity better yet that they have with their grandchildren helps the children to foster that relationship between their own children and their own parents and helps the grandparents appreciate their grandparents. So I think on each level, no matter where you are, I know that our, our listenership is very diverse in terms of, of ages and you, we may have grandparents, we may have grandchildren, and we may have children listening to this. And I think there's a, there's a musa, there's a there's there's messages here for everyone. And I think that this this point that you just said was was beautiful. And I could even just break that into each one is that children have to realize that the you know the middle stage, the middle kid, myself, has to realize that there are things you try to teach your kids, but they're not always going to be receptive of them because there's also these important boundaries. So if you set them up with relationships outside of yourself that you that you agree to and that you show them that you respect, 
namely your parents and your grandparents, then um, the children can pick up those messages through through them as well. And also for grandchildren to realize that we need to spend time with our grandparents because there are things that we can get from them that we can't get from our own parents. So I think even just that one, that one thing in terms of the messages uh, is super important as well. And the grandparents also has to know that they have an achrayas because they're imparting messages very different than the way that they imparted them to the children. With the children, it came with discipline and with all of that that we mentioned. But with the with the grandchild, as 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 you said, it's it's just coming with your being. Like they're just totally open and receptive, and you have to recognize that that's that's an achrayas because you can you can get a lot of things across them, and you can get a lot of wrong things across them also. And and you have without even saying words, just being. You listen to to grandchildren. I, I've I've had the opportunity a lot to, to listen to grandchildren give hespedim for their for their grandparents. And, um, and, and, and you know, 15-year-olds, 17-year-olds, and the, the ones that are most touching is when they talk about their grandparent, my grandparent was total acceptance, total love, and, and just, just, just embraced me and, and thought about me and cared about me. And that's, you can send that message to a child that they are valuable and important and, and wonderful, without ever saying those words to them. And that's a tremendous achrayas, because you know that that's, that's really what they're looking for. You know, growing up at home is tough as a teenager, is, you know, whatever, There's, you know, it's got its own, its own complications. But with a grandparent, it doesn't have to have any of those kind of things. And that's why it's a, it's a, it's a tremendous achrayas. To build their confidence, just the fact that you believe in them right. and that you're loving them, it builds their confidence. Now, we're not at the point of having older grandchildren yet, so that will be something to look forward to. Only, right. I mean, I'm I'm waiting for them. Some of some of those little girls are teenagers already, but we do not have any teenagers yet. Right. So that will be that have, will be fun to see. We have one. Thirteen. You're right. right. You're right. Well, and then there's an extra challenge here that you have to deal with. And I think that the the tools that you use are, are beneficial as well to just to speak out. That how do you foster that relationship if you're not able to take walks and you're not able to be with them uh, in front of them? And maybe you have to do this over uh, voice messages or, you know, voice, uh, sorry, uh, video calls and whatnot. But how do you, what do you personally do in order to foster that relationship with your grandchildren who live across the world? How do you give them this message again? Because it's a, I'm just it's about the message, and it's not about necessarily spending time. But time is the way you get those messages across. So, what do you do practically to? Right. So, I think that we are really blessed that we live in the time that we don't have to talk on the phone; that we can actually see each other on the phone. And I think that that's really important. That when I'm talking to them, I'm just talking to them and um, having a conversation with them. Um, and that they can see me because it's really hard for kids to have a conversation just on a phone instead of seeing somebody and seeing that the focus is completely on them. So I, I love doing that. I love, um, if my kids are listening, I love doing my Sunday calls to everybody because that's when they have a little bit more time and, just being able to do that right now is what 
I really appreciate. I want to get away from the grandparent, what are they going to get me for my birthday kind of um, thing. Do you do that by not buying by not buying presents? Is that where you're going to go? I just need to know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have a few coming up. I need to know. <laughs> sometimes yes, yeah, sometimes no. Sometimes um, it's not something that they are going to say, oh, they're going to get me something really big or anything. Like, like cashing in on their grandparents, which is when you have grandparents who are maybe not always part of your life, and the way that they create and foster that relationship is through those gifts. I think, well, we could we could open that up as well. What you think about um, spoiling your grandchildren? I think they're spoiling with attention. So when you create the times that you're together, and you you know he'll buy them stuff you know zadie's always going to buy them stuff and they look forward to that they're the little gifts that you give them like they look forward to that the shabbos gifts and everything but i think it's focusing on the kids and making sure you're having conversations with them and talking with them i, I think that, that that's priceless and that that's really important and i i hope that they appreciate that and i think they do but I never want the relationship to be because they're going to get something. Right. right. And we, I don't know how consciously we did it, but it was, it was definitely in our, in our minds and, and therefore became sort of the, you know, the modus operandi. We, that, that's what we do. We don't we buy, we buy things, whatever, but not, it's not, it's not based around the things you're going to get from, you know, from Bubby and Zadie. I think that it's. I think that if, if you ask the kids, I think they're too young to articulate yet. But but I think if you ask the kids, what do they what do they love about Bubby and Zadie? You know, what's special to them about Bubby and Zadie? It's the time, and the attention, that they they get, really from Bubby. But um, you know, and I, I found find my way to do it. But 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 it's I think the attention and the love that they get, and and that, you know, we we talk about nursing nursing a child, and we say that when you nurse a child. You give much more to the child than just the nourishment. It's the <clears throat> it's the whole the, the love that comes through the concern, the bond between the security. mother and the child, the security, all the things that come with it. And I think that that's the same thing that comes through with a with a grandparent. There's a tremendous. There's so many messages and so many so many things, beautiful things that come through to the grandchild that don't come in the words, just come from the from the love and from the connection. And and you can impart that on the, on the you know the WhatsApp and you know whatever on the video things, and and like mommy said, we're we're blessed that we have that that opportunity now. I, we remember when we were kids, how do we connect? Say way? hi to say hi to grandma. Say, say hi to the aunt. Say hi to this, and you were well, like, no. and and the kid was you know three or four. <laughs> they were, they were like right. no, what, what you calling the telephone, Bubby? Now like, what is that? And and they had no interest in it. So remember, there was a tukufa where we used to take videos, you know, VH8 or whatever. You know, the, the video we had a video camera, and we take we take videos, and then the, you would send a tape, a videotape. I never remember us having. I remember Hilda having videotapes of us. I don't remember us ever having videos of us. We had for a small a small period of time. Harvey gave me gave me something. For a small period of time, I remember it was this huge big thing. You look like you know you look like a. a, a a movie director with it, but, um, but 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 that was that was the only way, and it was not it was it wasn't valuable at all. 
this, this way you can maintain a relationship, maintain a relationship, you can't build one, you can maintain one. And the Yom Tovim and the times together, when they're, when they're spent quality, which is really just, just hanging and just letting them experience, so then that's, that's how you can then maintain it through the other things. I agree also that, right, I think, I think that constant contact is important, but needs its boundaries with grandparents. But the, the ideal is where you can maintain throughout the year and have intervals of, of contact and be at birthdays and be at whatever it may be. Um, those are super important that you have those, that you have those constantly. Right. So I've started learning with grandchildren. And that I find that's the that, that's an important is that, that's meaningful for you as well, I meaning not just what you're imparting for them, but you're finding it's part of like your avoda. It's it yeah, has I, a meaningful I love place. With kids, so you know that that's that's just learning with kids. I'm saying I I, I, I love that kind of learning, but um, but I know that they're that for them it's making an impact. Whether you know whether they're rolling their eyes a little bit and having to to give up time from their day to, to learn. But in the end, in, in, the, in the deep end, they know that, that this is really valuable. And I'm sitting with Mazzetti. You know, who taught you for your bar mitzvah? Mazzetti taught me for bar mitzvah. So, I mean, these are important, these are important things. And to me, the, the messages of, of a grandparent are different than the messages of a parent because you, it doesn't have to come with any, with any really deep instruction. There are no, like you said, there's no badges. It's just... This is the message. This is who we are. I think also, as children, we have to be careful that we don't um, burden the grandparent with with the structure and with creating that structure. That we allow and we enable the grandparent to just quote unquote spoil them with attention and be there for them for those for those important times. Because then, if we switch it, you know, I was reading some articles and they said that one of the advantages of grandparents is that they they provide affordable child care. And I actually disagreed with that on this on this base on the basis of, of this is that once they're childcare they're not pa- grandparents anymore because okay. then you can't go on the couch with food and then you can't meaning there's and you can't do this and you have to go to sleep now and then and and there's yeses and nos okay. and uh, and it becomes too too complicated to re- to maintain that relationship now you're a caregiver. This has to be a fun place. It's it has a- to be a fun place, and that's something as and we're just learning that now because. We have never been in the same city as our children and bringing up grandchildren together. And we're so like amazingly grateful that we're doing it with you and Adel because you give us the opportunity to, to really be able to do this. Well, as as children, that's what we try to do. That's what we're trying to, to embody this, that where we don't burden you with that, um, responsibility, but yet we give you like it's even apparent in the way we we defer to you. Like ask Zadie a question, ask Bubby the question, because I can say the same message, but I just yelled at you for for you know pushing on the on the porch like or wherever. It's it's there's a different relationship here, and so that same question, which I've acknowledged is a good question, and now you should ask Zadie, so then we can accomplish so much together. So, mommy, this is nice. a question for you. When do you think that? There is conflict between parent and grandparent over you know, over what's being given to the child. Where's where, where is there room for conflict, and how can we? Right. So I think it's important for, for, to, for you know to, to talk about that. 
Right, it's not always as rosy and beautiful as we're painting it. I think that it's really one big word, and it's respect. If a child respects the grandparents of what they can give, and the grandparent is respecting and trusting their children and their um, their children-in-law to bring up their grandchildren, then they will have, then we look at the kids and we say we respect their laws. And as crazy as they may be. Right. Right. Or we, which we are not, which we're not, uh, no, <laughs> we're not, yeah, we're, we're not crazy enough. So I think that it's called respect and saying they have their way of doing it. I trust them. I trust you. And I think where you get into like quibbles is when there's a feeling of distrust on either side, right? Like hmm, maybe, you know, I have a good way of, of handling this situation and putting and meddling in on that. I think that that has to be a no-no, right? right? You have to say, you are, I trust you with my grandchildren and with your children, you are doing a great job. And also I really appreciate that when they come to my house, it's my laws and my boundaries. And that's called respect on both, on both, on both places and trust, trust. I trust that you're doing a good job. I have confidence in you. Who are your grandchildren? Are they your extensions of your children? I was just about to ask, do you see your children in your grandchildren? Uh, but you can ask it as, as you wish. But yeah, that was on the top of my head as well. It just, it just makes you so connected to them when you do that. Like when I see their eyeballs in there and looking back at me and it, it's my, my son or it's my daughter-in-law and their smile, like I can see their love for music. It comes not from our side. It comes from, you know, somebody else's side. I think it just endears them to me because they're part of us. And I, I think that they, it makes them so dear to us, not that they are us, but they're connected to us. Right. So, so I, beautiful answer. The, the, for me, I'm going to say it was something that you guys have heard me say a lot of times, but I'll get there in a second. But, there, but for me, general mishpacha to me, the, the whole concept of mishpacha, is that we're, we're all bound and connected to each other. You know, we have a common name, we have common, common grandparents, we have you know, common relatives. There's, a, there's an automatic tie. When I look at my grandchildren... And so, you know, with every grandchild that's born, it's our family. The entity called our family is growing. Our family is made up of now Kenai Nohara, great grandparents, grandparents, parents, and children. And all of that is that that's one. It's one unit. It's it's one. It's it's one entity. So when I look at my grandchildren, it's not necessarily extensions of my children. It's it's another type of child. There's a child that's called a child, and there's a child that's called a grandchild, and God willing, we'll see at some point great-grandchildren. But that, that those are, these are all part of our children. 
So like when I would go to a simcha, I, when I, I look at myself in the future, and I, so we go to a simcha of, a, you know, of a, let's say of a, a great grandchild getting married. So then I'm not, I'm not that grandparent that's you know that's going to watch their grandchild get married. It's it's our family. There's a chasen in our family. There's a, there's a simcha in our family. When when you know we experienced the bar mitzvah already, so that bar mitzvah wasn't my son making a bar mitzvah for his son. That was our family making a bar mitzvah, and it was my bar mitzvah. It was my simcha. It was my son's simcha, and you know I, we found our place. It's their simcha. I mean, they're the parents, but but it's our it's our family's simcha. And I always, whenever you talk about grandparents, you always have to go back to the thing that I always say. And, on a call. Uh, yeah. I got it. <laughs> that, that, that we use, the, the word that we use in Yiddish for grandparent is enikal. And um, it's, David Cohen told me that it's not a Yiddish word. It's actually a Hebrew word. And it comes from the sne. That when the sne was um, burning, it says that the sne was on fire, but enenu ukal. And then ukal means that it wasn't being consumed. And when you have a grandchild, so then a nenu ukal, that's when you know you have a second generation that you put into this world, that's when you're going to be here forever. It's eternal. Because that, that with a child, could be the end of the line. With a grandchild, so then the, the chances are raised. And it's a nenu ukal. And that's how you, that's how you get longevity. And when you, when you realize that, when you realize that you know, th- this child is... is is part of our mishpacha, so then there are important things that I wanted to understand. I don't want to lecture it. I don't want to. I don't want to sit there and and expound to it, which I didn't want to do to my children either. But I, but I want them to pick that up of who we are, what our family is, what we represent, what we stand for, what our values are. So that's that's where I look at my uh, at my grandchildren. That's why I see my role as a grandparent. Is is not necessarily as a teacher. I happen to be able to do that, so I'm happy to fill you know to do that. But it's uh, it's not a teacher per se. It's it's really someone who is who is there to to set a tone for them to take all the messages that my children are giving them with instruction and with you know with all that stuff, and to take that and sort of sort of make it real. It's like it's like safer bracious to the rest of the Torah. The rest of the Torah is the mitzvahs. You gotta do this, gotta do this, gotta do this. Safe Bracious says, and this is how you do it. This is what it looks like. This is what this is what Vehafta Lurecha looks like. This is what Avas Hashem looks like. This is what, what Ava of other people looks like. And and that's that's why I see that our role is as as grandparents. And you know, it's it's very funny. I'm I'm talking as if I'm the grandparent. You're the grandparent and I'm the Nachschlepper. But 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 it's uh, you know, so I'm I'm really I'm looking at you and the way you do it. And, and using that as the description of, of what should be done. Right. I just love also the fact that um, grandparents with their grandchildren, I love making opportunities for older people to be with younger people, to mix the generations, to show them that there's no generation gap when it comes to love and when it comes to um, life and all sorts of things. We don't have to get technical. I don't have to, you know, play around with technical things that I don't understand. But I love making those opportunities, and I tried a lot when I was a Rebbitzin to get older people together with younger people and mix that because we have so much to learn from each other. Like the older people can stay young, being able to talk with the younger ones and stay um 
energetic and and love of life and everything else. And the young ones can get what they can get from the older ones. So I love mixing the two together as many times as I can and in a relaxed atmosphere. So nobody's scared of each other because sometimes, you know, older people can be scary. And sometimes younger kids can be scary to older people because they make a lot of noise and they make a lot of mess and they, you know, whatever. And they have a lot of energy, but I love when they can get together and enjoy each other. I think there's a lot of um, good stuff in that. Right. And that for me as well, that connection. So I, I, I took out a quote, I was reading this thing from can't go podcast without quoting from Jordan Peterson, but he said, he wrote about, he was writing about his mother and he spoke about just one, one little thing. He said that mom and dad both got to know our kids very well because of that. And I firmly believe that such intergenerational connection is vital. How else do you learn to travel through life when you're young? And I think that that's such an important, this is an important point that you, your parents are your, you know, your guides, but now you have this um, greater like compass, this bigger compass, like where you're going, where you can go. I also feel that like my, my parents, when I was growing up, so you were, when I got older, I realized that you were figuring out life just like I was just a few years ahead of me. But then my grandparents are not figuring out life already. They lived life. They've done where I am right now three times already. So it's like, oh, they must know something. And that, that understanding alone is so important to me for my kids to be able to experience that through their grandparents and great-grandparents, um, that they can, they can see the greater picture, greater map of where they, should, where they could end up and where they should go. And that's, uh, that's, super, that's super important for me as a child with children and that opportunity to have them interact with grandparents and great-grandparents. Uh, is that intergenerational connection as well? So I, I want to ask, I want to ask Mommy a question. If you were giving advice to a new grandparent, new meaning like the ba- like the bris of the baby, or like new like the kid was ten or fifteen, it doesn't really matter. The point is, okay. is that, you know, you're entering into this into this stage now of being a grandparent. What's the what's the most important? thing that a grandparent needs to focus on to be an effective grandparent. I don't know why the first word that jumped into my head is just enjoy, enjoy the moments. Just now you get to enjoy. You don't have to worry. And you take out all the anxiety of, of raising children and you can actually just enjoy it. Don't worry. The worrying, the parents will worry. You can just enjoy. And I think that that enjoyment and that joyfulness is something incredible that you can give to your grandchildren, that they are just, for being alive and for having a place in this earth, they lighten up your life. And I think that that is what I would say. Enjoy them. Just enjoy them. And Aaron, if, if you were speaking to, um, to your peers that have, you know, 
youngish grandparents. You can call us old all you want, but you know, youngish grandparents. That those grandparents that are um, that, that still have a, a vitality in life, and you know they, they they can they can still they can still do things and be there with your family. What would you tell them is the most important thing for them to know, so that they can maximize the relationship between um, parent and between grandparent and grandchild. So as you're speaking, I'm thinking that give them space. Don't worry so much. I know that it could be, you know, in many different spheres, but we get, we get nervous as parents that they're going to go to the, they're going to go to the grandparents. They're going to eat junk. Maybe we're there. We're worried they're going to watch too much TV. Maybe we're worried they're going to watch inappropriate TV or un, un, unfiltered and that it's not going to be a monitored and whatever the fear may be of the parent. There's definitely fears there that we control in our homes and we can't control our grandparents. Give them space. Nothing's going to happen to your kid if he does X by your grandparents. The Okay, not nothing's going to happen, but the good, it's definitely weighs out. The, the good will weigh it out because being able, I always remember with Tanta Lori, you know, we had a little, a little baby then, she maybe three years old, and we'd go into the house and right away she would run to the, to the licorice cabinet, you know, to the, the double doors and then the drawer and she would pick out and she would pick out something. And it was, it always like irked me a little bit, like, this is what she does here. And like, yeah, because now she's seven years old and that, and she remembers it as a, as a fun place, as an enjoyable place to visit when we were in, when we were in Baltimore. And that you don't realize that that little bit of candy could be the 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 key to opening up your child to this um, world of understanding and world of uh, this relationship with them. So give them space to be able, give your parents and your grandparents space to be able to do that um, and open it up and and you know massage the relationship so that it could happen. Um, and don't and again don't be afraid of communicating your your concerns as well, but. The main thing is give them space and uh, and appreciate that you have this opportunity. Right, so I, I would throw in that, and, and it, I, would, I could say it both to the grandparent and also to the parent um, in different ways, but don't see each other as competition. I, I think that's right, meaning that that's a great way to sum it up. That's the and, But that, what that tells the grandparent is, is that I, I shouldn't think that I need to compete. Enjoy. Just enjoy. And, and then... That's right. I don't need to be... I, my, my child is not taking away from me. I'm not taking away from my child. And to a child also, they have to, they have to see their, their parent. If, if, if their child loves the grandparent, it doesn't take away or diminish. All it does is strengthen the love that the child has for the parent. It just adds another instrument to their symphony. Right? And that's what it is. It's a beautiful, harmonious everybody's playing a different instrument and it's all to create this incredible human being that is going to have purpose in this world and give light and to, and give beauty to this world and make Hashem proud. So we need to build that symphony. We need to build it with lots of instruments and whatever we got. And isn't it nice that it's not about money? It's so nice that it's not about money. It's about attention, and it's about um, 
you know, creating moments and creating special times with each other. So I think, you know, that's that's an important thing. I think one of the most important that you said was creating memories. And that, that if, when you look at it, that this three-minute interaction is going to create a memory. You know, this, this little hug or, or this little Or this glet, walk or this, the, or this planting a plant or, or whatever you or do. Shabbos, or the Shabbos right. meal. Exactly. Or this, or this Shabbos walk. Or this seeing Bubby and Zadie on the street right. and, and, and reacting to that. All of those are part of the memories that, that, that go in to help shape that child. Which is I remember asking one of my kids, I used to read, I don't know, Aaron, if you remember, I used to read you books. We used to go to the library and pick out like 50 books at a time. The maximum amount of, of books that we I could Remember get. like that, the brain book or something? It was like the these two, brain. the great brain. Right. Yeah. You said you, you have a memory of that. That's pretty good. But I remember I, asking one of your brothers, do you remember all the books I used to read? Nope. <laughs> I'm like, well, nope. I, hours and hours at night I used to read with them, remember? Right. Piles of but, books. I'm like, no, no memory. And that's the difference between a child and a grandchild. Everything you do, every movement, every conversation right. is a memory. And I did give that um, advice to someone when they told me, Pesach is so hard, it's so hard. I said, you are not making Pesach. You're making memories. And she said that was like one of the things that like changed her life. Like she said, oh, you're right. I'm not making Pesach. And then it changes your whole perspective. I'm making memories. And that's for your children, your grandchildren, right. your community, everybody around you. You're, you're not just making Pesach. If you're making Pesach, it's hard. And it's, and it's overwhelming. If you're making memories... Fun. You might want to edit this out, but just <laughs> if you ask your children, what book did Daddy read them? Yeah, that they'll remember. What book did you read them? Well, I read Chicken one. Huh? Oh, yeah. The one book that you read them. The one book you read them. When I went to the hospital to have their brother or sister, yeah, they remember that. The one meal you made them, the best meal of their lives. Chicken pot pies. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mommy, for joining us. This was awesome. And I hope that I hope that you guys enjoy this as much as I did. And um, both you here and both the listeners, because it's really awesome. It's an awesome opportunity for me to have um, to be able to to hang out with you guys and to be able to um, talk about things that I don't think everyone has the opportunity to explore like this. And um, I think people are missing as well just because we don't have your you know your home alone and we have this opportunity to be able to do this so i hope you enjoyed and uh remember send us feedback if you like this if you enjoyed this uh at in, uh, intentionaljew at gmail.com check out the website subscribe to the newsletter and remember you rock